the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Let's talk retirement tips, hints, and tricks. Maybe a couple hacks in here as well. I'm going to just go through a list of things that I wrote down the other day on a napkin, and I think this will uh, be plenty insightful. Save money. Tip number one. Let it work for you. Remember when you were 18 years old and you were starting to come of age and starting to figure out how bank accounts and checking accounts kind of worked? And you got your first credit card. And you're like, oh, they're going to charge interest. They're going to take extra money from me. You have to learn how to get that interest working for you. So sock money away and look for something that gives you a rate of return, whether it's 1% in a bank, 2% in a bank. Those rates don't happen today. Those are much too high. But the historic return on the stock market's 8 to 10%, if you include dividends. That is getting your money working for you after you save it. Tip number two, hint. Maybe this is a hack. Your 401k. I have found nothing in this world as valuable as the opportunity to putting money in a tax-advantaged retirement account. You don't pay federal taxes. You don't pay... Uh, capital gains, when there are capital gains inside what you're choosing in your 401k. And it comes out later in life at a much lower tax rate. It's one of the thank you gifts that the United States government gave to us as a vehicle for saving for retirement. Again, you save to get a little bit of income coming to replace your income when you retire. I would say it is very, very important to get a financial relationship that you trust. First financial person I ever hired as probably 18 to 22 years old in that range. And it was a friend who delivered pizzas during the evening, but during the day he was training to be a stockbroker. So he had a vice president tag on his Solomon Smith Barney card. And I was like, you're a vice president. You're, you're young. How did you get that? How did you pull that off? Um, it wasn't the best relationship. As I've grown, I really like the CFP relationship. It's one of the reasons I work with EP Wealth is I think certified financial planners are super important. They have a fiduciary responsibility. Um, they're not recommending a stock to get you to, to get a commission. They're not recommending an annuity to get a commission. So it, it is a relationship that should be very transparent, not all CFPs are transparent, but I do like that financial relationship. I have an accountant that I trust. Uh, when I say accountant, I should probably say public accountant, CPA, right? He does my taxes. My taxes have become nutso. When I was, until I hit 35, my taxes were easy and interpret taxes more than enough. But as I've grown older, you need a little bit more. So I'm going over retirement tips, hints, and tricks. I've gone through three already. Number one, save money. Try to get some interest rate so it's working for you. Do the 401k. If you can max it out, that's genius. 
If you can get a financial planner at age 35, that's wonderful. Up until 35, you're accumulating wealth. But once you sit there and go, wow, I got a lot of money, that's when you need to protect it. I work with someone in media that he has a financial planner. It's overkill for him. His financial plan is really, really simple at this point in time. Max out that 401k. Figure out ways to save, figure out ways to invest, figure out ways to earn more money. Number four on my list of important things to know when it comes to money would be have a will in place because you will die. And some of us die a little bit too early. You cannot go on Yahoo on a daily basis on the main page and not see this football coach was hit by a motor, a motorcycle, or he died on his motorcycle, or uh, he was bicycling and he got rear end. Like you hear about people dying in the strangest ways. Buildings collapse, car accidents, heart attacks, drug overdoses. It's important to have a well. I'll give you a great example of my mother probably 20 years ago. I loved my mother. She protected me from my father. And I was getting ready to move, or I was moving to the West Coast 25 years ago. And I said, Mom, can I have your, um, in your will, can I have your frying pan? It's, uh, I always mess this one up. I always say it's uh, charcoal. It's not charcoal. Charcoal would catch on fire. But it's, uh, it, it's an iron uh, frying pan, and it's awesome. It's awesome. And uh, I wanted her rocking chair. Those are the two things that I remember most about her. They're icons of my mother. And she gave them to me. She said, there you go. You're out of the well. <laughs> hey, hey, how about that money I'm going to get when you sell the house? That's, I, I was thrilled to get it. But I'll tell you this. I have an older brother who started getting kind of hawking around her as she got older and older. And he wanted a lot more of the material possessions, including the house, including the car. I was fine with whatever happened, but... I have five total siblings. So that became a problem of, oh, looks like Clint's the cheap one. Oh, looks like Clint's uh, trying to, he actually stole. He actually, now, there was some paintings of mine, fine art, kind of fine art. Don't think of it like that. Think of it as something different. There were some collectible paintings of mine that he uh, assumed were his. I'm like, what are you doing? I want those back. So, um, but as he's cleaning out our house, he's felt entitled. Created some bad blood. Um, review your will. Even if you write a will on a napkin, review it on occasion. Because right now, me and my good buddy are good buddies. But that may not always happen. Right now, me and my sister are in good terms. That may not always be. Um, so if you have anything that you want to pass on, make sure you think about it every five years and change it. Or at least make sure it's still a pro-pro. Um, consider a living well in case you can't make decisions for yourself. Um, a stroke and you become incapacitated. Um, car accident and you go into a coma. You put on life support. You got to have some of those decisions kind of like planned out because you don't want other people deciding for you, um, in my opinion. Again, this is pretty morbid stuff, is it not? It's pretty morbid. A lot of people don't like talking about this kind of stuff. Um, have a backup plan. I think that's an important one to always think about. Um, I know when there's a recession, people lose jobs. What's your plan if you lose your job? 
for me, my financial backup plan is if I pass early, I've got a financial planner that I want to become the executor. I want him to make the decisions for my children. Um, And within reason, I want him to help guide the wife, the spouse, the loved one to help make financial decisions so that she can go on living her life and that she can, you know, fall in love again and that she can uh, take care of the kids. I don't want my wife to become the financial planner of the family or the financial expert of the family when I die. I, I don't want to put that weight on her. So I think this is all good stuff. So have a monthly budget within reason. I know when you're in your 20s, it's embarrassing to have a monthly budget that includes alcohol and maybe marijuana. And you don't want your mom and dad to see that. And I know I get it. But there's a good piece of advice right there. Consider talking to your mama and your daddy or people who have gray hair about their money mistakes or what they would have done differently. You can find me online at Rob Black's show. I've got it downloadable just like the content I'm going through right now at Rob Black's show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Every now and then I like to do the basics, the ABCs, so to speak. Talking about having a financial person you trust. Talking about having a financial plan. Things like a will, 401k. 401k is probably the most important thing, or maybe the idea of saving money is the most important thing. You take a look at the market at all-time highs, and you should be saying to yourself, I'm glad I'm invested. Unless, of course, you're not invested. A budget's not fun, but there's so much software out there now. Um, there's one that I like a lot called Mint, M-I-N-T. But LearnVest, there's so many companies that have monthly budgets that just tie into your bank account. I've had my bank account tied into my monthly budget electronically for over 20 years, and I don't stress over it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, although I do believe there's Bigfoot. And he's a really, really hairy dude. <laughs> and I've seen him. I saw him when I was like six on a beach. And it, it scarred me for life. Um, body hair and your money with Rob Black. Don't ignore inflation. Inflation's the I word. And every now and then it comes in like the tide on Wall Street and in your life. And you hear about it. The best way I can explain it is Coca-Cola. When I was a child, I wanted that sugar drink so damn bad. And it was 25 cents. Mom, can I have a quarter? Mom, can I have a quarter? Now you go and you want to sew it on the fly and it's at least $2, right? The movie Running Man, or maybe the one where Schwarzenegger goes to Mars. I'm not sure which one it was. But there was one point in time where they walked by a soda machine that says like $92. And it was just basically saying, in the future, sodas are going to cost more. So don't ignore inflation. You may think you have a lot of money. And let me just give you another example. I once thought I wanted to retire with a million dollars. But you know what? With the cost of housing, with the cost of cars, with the cost of roofs, 
Roofs? The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Okay, another financial tip for you. If you ever go to a tropical island and you see a boat out on the water and it sounds like it's a lot of fun, like everyone's dancing and singing, they must be drunk and having a good vacation. Whatever you do, don't book time on that. Because you're going to be stuck with 80 other people and they're going to start playing DJ music. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. And then you're going to remember, I'm not 16 anymore. And you're going to go, I wish I was back at the resort. So you can't let inflation bother you. Be aware. Well, wait, wait, let me fix that statement. Can't let inflation bother you. You just got to realize it's there. Everything's going to cost more. In theory. And what you once thought was a big number is no longer. Do you remember we used to pay $400 for a smartphone? And that was offensive to the people who paid like 50 bucks for a phone. You don't even tell me what a phone costs today. Um, try to figure out what type of investor you are and what type of financial person you are. My wife likes to buy cheap stuff. I would call her Landfill Lucy. If her name was Lucy kind of thing. Like there's too much stuff we're buying. She's a shopper. I am not a shopper. I went into his CVS this morning to buy a razor because I'm taking some pictures. And uh, I didn't know. I almost didn't know how to shop anymore. I use an electric razor. Why do the landfill thing? Um, and I always had to be walked around the store. Like I was like, well, razor blades. I do not know how to find one myself. Um, know what type of, of, of spender you are. Spender saver. Are you an investor who can take a lot of risk or not? Psychologically, I've met more great people with money who are females than males. And in my head of heads, very naively, I'd, I'd say something along the lines like, I wonder if that is because they grew up shopping. You know the cliche about girls going to the mall together? And the cliche is about like boys playing football? I don't know. I just, I, I tend to find that women take a little bit more time when picking stocks, when picking investments. And that little bit more time helps. And I would be very cautious marrying a spender if you're a saver. Or at least learn to talk about it before you go, like, I didn't know you were going to buy a $700 pair of shoes when you haven't funded our retirement. What are you thinking? So know if you're a spender or saver. If you enjoy investing, I find it to be wonderful. And let's just say you, you're like, I'm a tech enthusiast. I want to own Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, and Apple. Let's say you think those are the, all the buckets of chicken and more, right? If you think that's that, and you can do that, but most of your money should probably be in indexes until you get to the point of wealth, and then I want you to have some help managing your wealth. I've got a large, significant portion of my wealth with a financial planner, and I'd, I ask not to know what we're buying and selling. I just look at the annual returns. And then you're saying, why, why is that, Rob? Um, because I do a radio show. I want to be kind of blind about what I'm promoting and not promoting. So, yeah, I do have a, a large cache of money that I play with or I invest. But the most of my wealth is with someone else making the decisions. Because I do a radio show. But you also probably do something like you work at a company. You work in media. You work as a nurse. So I don't think you're really qualified to be a stock 
picker because it's a full-time job. Consult a broker advisor for getting action on anything I ever mentioned. Um, let's keep moving, shall we? Talking about, I don't know if I'm going to get to 100 of them, but I got 100 ideas in my head of little tips, hints, and tricks to help you. So having your own little portfolio is great, but having someone else manage the bigger chunk of it when you're wealthy is even better. And until you're wealthy, I just say max out the 401k. Essentially, have an emergency plan. There's a couple other things we'll talk about. Um, try to be aware that you're incredibly biased as an investor. It's difficult to invest. Um, it's easy to invest when everyone's buying. And there is a, a general trend of people putting money in their 401k to, to replace Social Security. So the odds are starting to work for you in the system. Wall Street's not rigged. That guy over there puts money in his 401k. That guy over here puts money in his 401k. Money regularly goes in. There's a lot of buyers. You can look like you're a genius buyer, but the system's kind of slanting towards buying and holding. So you do it from age 20 to 60 and you accumulate wealth, right? That's the basic idea. This is very generic advice today. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. The ABCs of money. My goal is to get you to a point where you don't have to work till the day you die. I saw my dad do it. It's not the ideal. Sadly, I believe many of us will have to work until we die. I'm going over... Literally, I, I wrote down on a big napkin a lot of quick ideas, and I tried to do it chronologically of what you need to know. And I just wanted to talk for a few hours to you. Last I left off, I said, beware annuities because they are really high-fee products, and they make a lot of commissions. And they're easy to sell because it sounds like a guarantee. And it sounds like you're not going to lose. And what's everyone's afraid of on Wall Street? Losing money. I'm not afraid of losing money, and that's why I'm good at Wall Street. What's weird about me is I don't like losing money. First things first, choose a long-term financial goal. I want to retire at 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. I want a house, a boat, a car. I want a girlfriend on both arms. Whatever your financial goal is, pick one. And then say, how much is that going to cost to get there? Um, I'm not a toy and gadget kind of guy, so me, I'm just focusing on how much income am I going to want in retirement? How much income I'm going to need? The difference between need and want is, man, that is some of the stuff that hurts people the most. Don't determine a lot of these things based on what your mom and dad did. In theory, our generation is living longer, so you're going to have to plan to live longer and spend money a little bit longer. Don't use your parents as a template. It's good to talk to them. It's good to learn from them. I so wish I could talk to my dad about the stock market. It sucks that he died 20 years ago. I would give a million dollars to talk to my dad for 10 minutes. 
and just say, Dad, let me talk, tell you about the market. Um, try to be very clear and concise about your limits when it comes to investing. What are you willing to do to help your direct family, maybe your wife and kids, your loved ones? What are you willing to do to help your brothers and sisters, your family? Um, I'm financially the most successful person in my family. Uh, before me was my brother, who's a federal judge. And we decided, like, I never went to my brother and said, can I borrow $5,000? Um, I found ways to do it. If it was a second job, working weekends, delivering pizzas, whatever I had to do, I had to do. Um, we have financial limits in our family. I, that's all I'm trying to say is, is learn where your limits are. Um, when I had, there was one semester in college where my car got hit by a drunk driver in the middle of the night. And the police could not understand why I was happy and thrilled. I was like, I'm going to get insurance for this piece of crap. Sweet. Money came to me. Um, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big believer in like true karma, but ask for things that you need and it'll happen. Be careful asking family and, uh, never ever in my limits. I'd never lend money to a friend. I know you're saying, man, you're, I just, I don't want that relationship changed. So I have done it once. She didn't pay me back. You think we're friends today? Nope. Because as soon as I saw her start going on vacations and spending money elsewhere, I was like, bitter. Um, ah, children. I, I'm not going to give you any advice on children. That's the financial areas I'm going to leave blank other than to say talk to your children about money. Uh, don't be shy. Show them how credit cards work. Let them write a tip in on occasion for a waiter or waitress. Let them do the math. Um, I've got one kid who's incredibly inquisitive and one kid who is happy and blissful, not asking a question his whole entire life. So the one who asks a lot of questions, he's learning a lot. So it's difficult to decide at what age you bring them in on all of this, but things aren't free. Pokemon cards don't grow on trees, but you know what does grow on trees? Cigarettes. I know you're saying, where are you going with this, Rob? Um, when I was like six, and cigarettes, people would smoke, and they'd put their cigarette stubs out in an ashtray, and there's sand in an ashtray. I always looked at that as that looked like cigarettes that are, you know, little baby trees. <laughs> They're planting them in sand. I know you're saying, that's not a thought. Yes, it is. Okay, now that we've talked about children quickly, let's talk about mom and dad and long-term care. If your mom or dad needed a nurse, you may need a nurse. So my mom was in a healthcare facility for the last four years of her life, and she had a nurse stop by her home for probably four years before that. So the last eight years of her life had some sort of paid financial relationship with someone to help her with healthcare. And the last four years, what well, last eight years, I'll be honest, none of it was pretty after she had strokes. You'd send a nurse into the home for her and like help have clean up, get some food. Help her with her medicines. And what's a cranky old woman do? Accuses her of stealing from her, right? The last 10 years of your life, if you're in poor health, it is not fun. Um, so long-term care, you can, look, you can probably model it after your own parents. 
unless you're way heavier. Your mom and dad were skinny and they lived to 85. If you're 200 pounds, if you're 350 pounds, you may not live as long as them. I'm planning on living roughly to 80, 85. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some advances in life a little bit beyond that, but I've had a tough life. I know you're saying, oh, tell me about your problems. It hasn't been tough like that. Played soccer. I don't sleep well. I, I, I got a little bit of anxiety that turns into full-fledged paranoia at times. Only with business relationships and money. That's weird, right? Um, but that anxiety, it's, it's, it sucks. What else do we have to talk about? Long-term care issues. So, oh, by the way, um, my mom needed a lot of health care. My dad got, uh, had a heart attack, and after he had a heart attack, they looked at his lungs, and they said, oh, man, you got cancer. So they chopped up out his lungs, and eight years later, he was dead. The only person who had to take care of him was my mom and me. I took him to chemotherapy appointments. Um, it was weird because at one point, he became a very frail and very small man, and I would lift him out of the car, and I could carry my dad. It's the weirdest thing in your life if you ever have to do that because you have this image of him carrying you as a child, and when the roles reverse, you're like, whoa. So look at your parents, and if you see long-term care issues, you might have them too. I'm not telling you get serious like a heart attack right now. I'm telling you, start thinking about this stuff. Um, for me, my family has purchased long-term care for my spouse. Um, her grandparents lived in their 90s. Her parents are deep in their 80s. She's going to outlive me. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> in news today, lady on the peninsula gets hit by a comet. Leaves husband and two kids. Like, okay, that could happen. That could happen. Am I praying for it to happen? No. <laughs> but she's got a long-term care contract that I, I think sucks. Because I'm paying for insurance right now that she might use in 30 years. Weird. And long-term care products, uh, we're not going to get into it today. But they're, they could be like really expensive or they could be really um, shallow in what they offer. But we basically set up a plan for about five years of long-term care in case she needs it. With me, the expectation is she'll take care of me or I'll flat out just have a massive heart attack and die on the spot. Which, for the record, it's contractually bound in radio and television that I die on air. So I, I hope to do that for you guys. And I hope it's like, oh, my heart! <laughs> and then like I shock you guys for the rest of your life. Um, okay. Debt. This is something I see. We see how I'm trans, uh, how I'm evolving this conversation. The ABCs of money. M is for mortgages. Now, one of the very first things you grew up thinking is that mortgage. What do you think of the word mortgage? Mort, mortuary. Mort means death in French. No. Oh, uh -huh. we. Oui. So the word mortgage sounds bad in, inherently, and you inherently want to pay it off because it's bad. Get it out of my life. And then you saw TV shows where like. Honey, we just paid our last mortgage. Let's go and have a party. We own the home clear, uh, free and clear. The American dream. That's a knee-jerk reaction. A mortgage is a low cost of money. And very rarely in life does it make sense to pay it off. When it's a low cost of money. when, Like for, for instance, my accountant. I recently had to buy a home in cash because I had to buy it fast. 
And he goes, are you going to get a mortgage on that? You have 90 days after you pay for a house in cash to get a mortgage on it. He goes, are you going to get a mortgage on it? I'm like, eh. He goes, you could certainly find something to do with that chunk of change better than, like, he had to school me. I was like, it's kind of nice not sitting in a big check every month. And he, he just reminded me. So paying down a mortgage is kind of a knee-jerk amateur reaction, unless you're wildly wealthy. Jeff Bezos can pay for a house in cash and move on. Interesting that Elon Musk doesn't want to own homes anymore. We'll talk about this and much, much more. We're going over the ABCs. Do re me. Easy as one, two, three. Rob Black and your money. I have a website, robblack.com, robblackshow.com. You can click the contact me button if you have questions. I'd like to hear from you. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. The ABCs of money. Let's keep going. We last left off with mortgages and don't have this knee-jerk reaction to paying it down until you're financially set. When I was in my 20s, I met a girlfriend's father, and one of the first things he said is, Rob, you're always going to have debt. I'm like, really? And that just it worked counter to my head. I was like, no, I'm going to follow with your daughter. I'm going to marry her, and we're going to buy a house with cash, and we're going to have lots of babies is what I wanted to say. Um, and it's pretty funny because that was good financial advice that he gave me. His mom, or her mom, that was creepy. Um, Juliet's mom, when I first met her, she's like, Juliet had a, a sister, so two girls. Very pretty, very lovely, incredibly intelligent, great, great, successful human beings. And she goes, I like, my, I like Juliet's sister's boyfriend a lot. I don't know what the point of that was. She's telling me about her sister, her daughter's boyfriend, who's not her daughter that I'm dating. And uh, I guess they had just recently broken up. And she's like, I really liked him a lot. He was like, good, go get I'm like, you realize one day if I have lots of kids with your daughter that I'm going to be the one who controls whether you see her or not? Don't be talking about other men to me right now. Talk about me. I mean, you're saying you're really insecure, Rob. You'd hold grandchildren from a grandparent? You betcha. Um, look at your debt. Every now and then, again. So when I got out of college, I wanted to pay down my student debt. I wanted to pay down my student debt. But five years later, I'm like, you know, it's not killing me. So I changed my opinion on my own debt. And I held it for almost 15 years. It was under 3%. It was 2.25. And that allowed me to spend the money that would have gone to paying it down to investing in other opportunities, which have significantly grown further. Now, I'm not telling you that you should never pay down your debt. I'm saying you just got to relook at it on occasion to revisit and rethink about it. Best piece of advice I can give you, floss your teeth. Your tongue's going to get most of the stuff on the, the front, on the front and back, but those, those inner crevices are the tough ones. You don't want to lose your teeth. They're expensive to replace, and then you someone can't eat the steak. Um, consider downsizing. This is the best piece of advice I can give you. Um, 
I like frugal. I'm attracted to frugal. I was in a grocery. I was at a CVS this morning, and I was like, everyone who's here, they're they're like doing a job that I wouldn't want to do an overnight retail shift in the middle of the night. Um, I'm attracted to frugal. I'm attracted to smart money people, and you can be a clerk at a CVS making minimum wage or whatever, and and still have a lot of financial smarts. One of the best things you can do financially speaking is downsize your home. In the 1980s and 1990s, America became obsessed with McMansions, bigger houses. Um, and I get there's going to be phases in your life. Like when you have teenage kids, you want to give them some privacy. So you don't need to be in a con. But consider downsizing your lifestyle, especially if you're not wealthy or if you're not making any traction towards creating wealth. Um, I don't know. A lot of what I talk about is... It sounds like I'm trying to rob you of pleasure. I don't want to do that. Um, I just said downsize a home, but if your happiness comes from a big home and big family visiting, I get it. Just find another way to afford it. Um, Juliet, the college girlfriend that I was talking about, one of the best things we ever did was slow down. Um, at that point in our life, we we're like, let's go to Miami. Let's get front row seats to a concert. So let's go to Europe. Let's go to the uh, beach. We're spending a lot of money. <clears throat> and then we got to a point where we're like, let's just stay in, have a couple drinks, take off our clothes, and draw each other. And I've got a sketch, which is pretty darn good, where she drew me. Mine looked like a stick figure of her, but it was a cheap date. There's nothing wrong with cheap dates. Uh, California's got some of the best beaches in the world. Go to grocery store, do a little picnic, sit on a beach. Um, review everything on occasion. I'm just going over some notes that I wrote down on a piece of paper the other day. Um, and when I say review everything, it's like you have a home that's worth a million dollars, right? And you're like, well, I'm going to go get another home, but I'm going to rent the one that's worth a million. You need to be pulling in at least forty to $60,000 a year. So, and if you can't cash flow high enough where that money, if you were to sell it, would be better put elsewhere, you just got to review. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just, and you have to be honest with yourself. I know a lot of people in California who have three, four, five million dollars of real estate and they're only getting one to 2% returns per year. And the market's up 10, 15%. And they don't see like, oh, I, maybe I could, oh, I could shift things around. Um, when you move to a new area, consider renting. The place I'm living now, uh, when I moved into the area 15 years ago, it was a compromise. It was halfway in between Saratoga and halfway in between San Francisco. And I was in San Francisco and she was in Saratoga, and that's how we found our location. That's pretty stupid. Uh, we got lucky, but it's pretty stupid. So <clears throat> me and Juliet, back in the college days, we rented a place um, and we didn't realize that it was close to an airport. Like when we saw it on the weekend, we didn't notice that. And then when you're close to the airport, it's not that the planes flying over were the problem. It was the amount of traffic going into the airport. Would If you tried to get anywhere, it was, it was brutal. So don't make a big financial decision without thinking about it. Hmm. What else do I want to throw down? Real estate? Staying with real estate for a couple more minutes is if you're going to buy real estate and you're going to become a landlord, 
it's not a lot of fun. I've had renters go really south and sour. So when I was 20 years old, I wanted to buy a place in Raleigh, North Carolina, because it was in between, it was right near three colleges, NC State, University of North Carolina, and Duke. And when you have that, you've got great hospitals. When you have great hospitals, you have people wanting to live there. And when you have three colleges, you have kids coming out of college wanting to kind of extend their glory days and work in the area. Um, I, that's, that's where I bought my first real estate, in college town. I knew I'd always have renters, and guess what I always have? They haven't always been the best renters, but I've never had a shortage of uh, demand. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I've got a new website, robblack.com. If you click on the contact me, send me your feedback. I'd like to hear it. Don't ask me a stock question because I'll only use that on air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at robblack.com. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.